The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus entered Jericho and was going through the town when a man whose name was Zacchaeus made his appearance. He was one of the senior tax collectors and a wealthy man. He was anxious to see what kind of man Jesus was, but he was too short and could not see him for the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore tree to catch a glimpse of Jesus who was to pass that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and spoke to him. Zacchaeus, come down, hurry, because I must stay at your house today. And he hurried down and welcomed him joyfully. They all complained when they saw what was happening. He has gone to stay at a sinner's house, they said. But Zacchaeus stood his ground and said to the Lord, Look, sir, I am going to give half my property to the poor, and if I have cheated anybody, I will pay him back four times the amount. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man has come to seek out and save what was lost. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. I've even got a map in today's homily. You might think that's a bit strange, Father. Um, and it is. But I've been caught by the travels of Jesus, and so I, I had to look into this, and the, the geographers in the crowd are going to correct me on this, but, but anyway, it's roughly, it's roughly right. Um, where has Jesus been lately? Because he, he commences this gospel. He commences this gospel by entering Jericho, but, but the geography of, of Jesus' mission is very interesting. Um, we know quite readily where he was born, children. Where was Jesus born? The Christmas story. Starts with B. Ends with Bethlehem. <laughs> okay, good. He got it anyway. Bethlehem. Um, which, by the way, is only nine kilometers from Jerusalem, where, where he would lay down his life and end his, at least the, the first part of his earthly journey. Um, we know where he grew up. Do you want to take a second guess? I won't give you too accurate of a clue. Nazareth, did you say Ida? Nazareth. Um, and Nazareth is a town in the region of Galilee, along with Cana and uh, Magdala and um, Gennesaret and, and Kafanahum and, and a whole bunch of other places. The whole of Jesus' earthly life happened in a pretty small space geographically, about 165 kilometers um, up and down not including his stopover in Egypt as a baby. Google Maps tells me that to get from Bethlehem to Egypt is a seven-hour flight. And I tried to click, what about walking? And it said, not an option. <laughs> I thought, well, tell that to Joseph and, and the just-given-birth Mary. You know, they had to walk it. Um, anyway, in the past few weeks, we've heard of Jesus moving around quite a bit in this relatively small area. Some weeks ago, the children who are now preparing for their first reconciliation, they were preparing for First Communion. And the gospel that we had that day, Jesus, it said, he was going through the villages and towns teaching, and he was making his way to Jerusalem. In a strange way, this is what he's been doing the entire time. It was when he said, enter by the narrow gate. But I think he was still a long way from his destination of Jerusalem, because, in fact, he was kept out of the Samaritan country, which would have made a straight route there. 
Uh, he, he moved around, and as we hear, he moved through town to town. And I think he might have even sort of zigzagged a little bit, covering more ground as he went. It's interesting to see how Jesus moves. We hear that he went with haste on his mission. In fact, Mark's gospel makes it very, very obvious when we read it. It says he went there, and then he quickly went there, and then he was driven by the Spirit this way. And there's this real energy and zeal about where Jesus is going. And yet, at the same time, for whatever reason, Jesus always seems to take the long way to wherever it is that he's going. Jesus always seems to, to have detours. Why is that? I suppose it was to encounter the very many people that he did encounter along the way. And he'd see all sorts of people. Think back to those words, through the towns and villages Jesus went teaching. And indeed he did. This also took time. We've heard him dining with Pharisees and teaching them parables. We've heard him teaching his disciples how to pray, the Lord's Prayer, the Our Father. We've heard him healing. Think of the ten lepers. And the healing itself becomes a kind of parable, a lesson for those who are, who are close by. He sits down to dine with supposed sinners. He imparts these rich teachings to whoever is with him. Think back to the widow petitioning the unjust judge. Or just last week, the self-absorbed Pharisee and the repentant tax collector. This Sunday, Jesus moves into a new area and he moves away from the fictional tax collector of that parable to go and spend some time with the real one. Jesus is not idle, but neither is he in a rush to get to Jerusalem, even though that's where he always seems to be headed. He will eventually lay down his life there, but his zeal is not merely to get to his destination. It's to bring about the kingdom, to plant it and to raise it up in the hearts and in the lands of all people starting in Galilee, but quickly moving through all of Judea, all of the Middle East, all through Europe and Africa, through the apostles, and then through his successors, and that includes us here as church, to the ends of the earth. The story of salvation is proclaimed far and wide, and, and nowhere is to be kept from it. So today Jesus enters Jericho, which is quite close to Jerusalem. It's about 35 kilometers or so. So say from here to Mount Larkham, if we were to try and walk. What's he doing in Jericho? Well, as usual, he's headed to Jerusalem. In, in just two weeks, he'll get there, finally. And we'll hear him speaking with, with those present, and he's talking about the temple. And he says, not a single stone will be left on another. The whole thing will be destroyed. So he's gone there to really raise, raise the alarm bells. As important and as dramatic as that seems... And as long as it's already taken to, to get to that destination, it seems like here in Jericho, something else, something quite unexpected, has taken priority. Jesus is happy yet again to seemingly put the mission on a hold and spend some time with this strange character. How does Jesus even know that Zacchaeus is there? Keep in mind, people are crowding around Jesus the entire time and there's this short man hidden behind the crowd he can't see Jesus but Jesus somehow can see him it's easy for us to say he's God he knows everything but but 
think about it for a second. No matter how insignificant we might feel from time to time, no matter how futile our efforts might seem, no matter how lost in the crowd we might literally be, even in a place like this, long before we've caught a glimpse of Jesus, Jesus has seen us, and not only that, he's coming our way. And not only that, he's not passing by as Zacchaeus expected. It says Zacchaeus was in the tree expecting to just catch a glimpse of him going by. But Jesus stops and looks at us, and in the way that only the good shepherd can, he says, Zacchaeus. If I can shift for a second, this is important. Uh, I don't want us to forget this idea that, that the Lord of the universe shows this bizarre priority to each of us. He says, I must dine with you tonight. When we leave this place at the end of Mass, we don't in fact go home alone. I say, go and glorify the Lord by your lives. And Jesus says, I must come with you. I must dine with you tonight and every night because I desire to be with you. As if we deserve that lavish, exclusive attention. And we do because Jesus desires to give it. But if I can shift our attention just for a moment from the geography of Jesus' mission and from the meal with Zacchaeus, I want to turn for just a second to those beautiful words that we heard in wisdom. Beautiful, deeply consoling words. And I think they further um, show the, the grandeur of the point that we're making here. The fact that you and I are so precious in the eyes of God. The reading opens, the whole world is like a grain of dust. It's like a drop of dew falling to the earth. How astonishingly immense is the universe? The observable uh, diameter of it is some 93 billion light years. The little flower, St. Therese of Lisieux, she once said, Thy world's thy ship and not thy home. Our own Mary MacKillop told us, remember, we are but travellers here. Where are we going? In a sense, I suppose we're all going to our own Jerusalem. We're going to eventually lay down our lives as well. But if we understand what life is, this beautiful gift, a, a completely unrushed thing, we're not hasty to get to our Jerusalem because that's not really the point. Along the way, we are sharing in that work of planting and watering and pruning the garden that is God's kingdom, wherein we are all friends, sharing in each other's joys and sorrows, in each other's struggles and victories, and even our temporary losses. How great is the missionary territory that we glimpse as we try and survey everywhere that the Lord will send us and all the things that he'll employ us with. And yet at the same time, it's like a grain of dust. It's like a drop of dew on the earth. We know that our journeys continue. We know that while it's long and winding, it calls for our zeal, even at times our holy haste. Every day requires us to muster up all of our faith, our hope, our love, our gifts, our imagination, and then to turn to the Lord and say, where to now? Where do you wish me to go? Who do you wish me to speak with and with what deeds? Lord, I'm yours. I'm at your disposal in this great and in this very tiny place. 
I don't know if you've noticed the words of the recent collects, the, the prayer that we pray just before we hear the readings, but they've all shown this, this dynamic between what God gives and our response. And today's collect was, was no exception. Uh, let us not stumble as we run to the promises you've made. There's this participation in what God's giving. It kind of calls us forward. So simply, let's do this. Neither thinking too little of ourselves as lost in the crowd, nor overlooking those that are around us, but simply accepting the invitation of God to be with us where we are, and then to follow him wherever he goes.